Hello, and welcome to the Be Bold Fitness Podcast, the show where we talk about different topics in the health, wellness, and fitness space. No topic is off limits here. I'm your host, Tessa Breeden, certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist, the passion for helping busy adults tone up, lose body fat, and feel good. Dahlia Rhodes, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. We first met when you actually hired me at a fitness studio. We ended up having a lot of connections throughout fitness, and you are constantly somebody in the Austin fitness community that people know and love, and I only hear positive things about you. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, I know it's been it's been a while. I feel like that was like such a long time ago too, but um, it hasn't been. And that's so sweet to hear that all of those really kind words that you just said. It's a means a lot to me to to make people feel good. Um, and I think that's like, I mean, I don't know why everyone gets into it. It's an assumption that I definitely make a, around a lot of people, but you definitely want to make people feel a certain way when you get into this line of work. And so it's really nice to be able to see that feedback back from me because I'm just like, whew, I'm doing something right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I always tell people that when I went through the training process to work at the gym, we were both teaching at, and you obviously were in a management position then. I have never had a supervisor boss give me the type of constructive feedback that you give. I think that you really have mastered that art of making people feel like they can do what they need to be doing, but in like a kind and compassionate, but still in an assertive way. And I think that's a really rare talent to have. It's rare. I think it's rare in the industry. And I think because um, I had a background in the corporate world and I had a background in fitness, um, I kind of saw all the things that I didn't want to repeat when I became a manager. And then all of the habits that I kind of saw as, you know, within the corporate world when giving feedback and being very careful of how you present that, I really wanted to bring in like, the best of the of both worlds with also keeping in mind like the things that I saw that were really negative I think in the fitness industry and also I think we were just both really lucky that the gym that we were at was all about giving very constructive feedback so that people could not only be better at that space but just like be better humans which I think is like what we all want to do for our members in general or clients so why wouldn't that be expected of us as employees there so um, totally hear you on that one and I think we were both really lucky to be a part of like that space because it really I think it did really well and I loved I loved being able to like make make all of the team members that I worked with feel like they they had something to go back with like they had something they could work on and that also like they didn't just suck like that they yeah. had a lot of really good um good feedback as well and characteristics and and the way that they presented themselves and also that there are other opportunities for them to get better as all of us have yeah absolutely it was definitely a really awesome experience and a really great environment to be in. How long have you been in the fitness industry teaching? 
Teaching, I've been in fitness since 2012. Um, And then a little bit before that, probably 2009, 10, um, doing marketing and advertising and PR for fitness. And so I've been in the space for a good amount of time. But teaching, uh, I started teaching uh, late 2012 uh, in Chicago. Oh, very cool. You know, it's so funny. There is this very interesting tie between people in Austin and Chicago that I'm like very rapidly finding. And so some of our actual our, our connections that I bring up are people that have lived in both Chicago and Austin. And it's kind of this weird blend. Austin's such a weird city where everybody is coming from everywhere. And it's it's just big city, small town vibes. It is so crazy. It really is. I think it's, I mean, if you're meeting people who are are coming from Chicago and living in Austin, it's 100% the cold because it is freezing there. (laughs) And it is not pleasant, especially if you're in fitness and you're like getting to a studio at 4.30am when it's negative wind chill. I 100% believe that people move from Chicago to Austin. (laughs) I love that. I yeah can't imagine being in that cold. I'm like, it's cold enough for me today. And it's like 40 something degrees. Uh, Okay, so before we got on, you and I were talking a little bit about kind of what we even wanted to discuss today. And one of the things we talked about, which I want to dive into first, is just inclusivity in the fitness industry. Now, I think obviously having been on the marketing and the PR side of things, as well as being an instructor, you maybe can speak to this on different fronts. But uh, we were saying, you know, when I first met you, you were going by a nickname and you we're almost doing it out of like the convenience to other people because you didn't want them to mispronounce your name. And I had said to you, you know, I teach a lot of classes with a multitude of cultures in it. And that's, in my opinion, kind of rare in Austin specifically. Um, And so that being said, I always want to make sure I'm pronouncing people's names right and making people feel included. And so How do you feel that fitness is not an inclusive industry and what would you like to see more of from people in the fitness industry or fitness classes? Oh, I think we need like more hours in the day to talk about it. (laughs) Um, Obviously, I mean, I I, I was funny. I was talking to another friend in the fitness industry here in Austin, um, who's a black woman here who recently moved. And we were just talking about just like what, like how do we hire more people who are of other backgrounds and things like that? And so it really does start from the top and it's a pretty cliche to say. And so even when I was managing, I was just like, how do I go into specific communities and hire people, bring people on board, make the training process, um, make the training process free so that it can still feel like it's something that they can do. Cause usually there's money behind training at a studio. Um, how do I make them feel welcomed? How do I make, you know, how do I feel welcome? I'm Latina. So like, how do I feel welcomed when I'm going into a space? And so I think it really does start at the top. Um, and when it comes to when it comes to names, I think we've really, you know, the past couple of years have been a really like opening the door on a lot of things that I feel like have been closed for a long time. Um, and I feel like 
more and more, I mean, even when I was working uh, in, in marketing and advertising before I came on to fitness full time or before I was even in fitness, I went by Dahlia all the time because it was just easier. Uh, my full name is McDahlia and I would always get a lot of different um, mistakes of pronunciations or enunciations of it. Um, and I don't mind that at all, but it was more just like the questioning of it and like the line of questioning that I would get. So it almost made me feel like, oh, this is just creating such issues. So let me just give an easier name. And it really did create, it, it just made an easier conversation. And then when I came into fitness, even more so the same situation that you're talking about as mem- you know having members and wanting to describe their names or say their names correctly, I think members also want to refer to you pretty easily. Like, oh, I went to this person's class. They want to be able to say your name easy. And I, th- I didn't think that my name kind of rolled off the tongue that easy. So I was like, let me stick with Dahlia. Um, I think you know, I, I came in, I updated my name in a, in a studio space where people were already calling me Dahlia. And so there was a little, I think discomfort there. People were like, well, what do I call you? I don't know what to, to say. I'm like, either. It's totally fine. I just want people to know that I am going by my full name. I'm Latina. I'm proud of it. I want people to know that because my name was, you know, Dahlia Rhodes. It was very like, what is it? What is her background? Um, and I think like there's a lot of, you know, making sure that your your leadership like feels really good about when you're ready to make those changes. Like, hey, I'm changing my name on my body. And they're like really excited for you. You know, I know team I was was my team was really excited. My leadership now is always like, wait, do you want me to change your name? Or like, how are you going by this? So, like they ask me a lot of questions. And I think it's that curiosity and that respect um for us to all have. And as 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 trainers. Um, same thing. I see so many different types of names on my roster and I love it. And I try to say their names right. And I try to, you know, make them feel comfortable. If they want to go by a nickname, that's great. Cause I've been there and I understand like the simplicity of going by a nickname. Um, but also trying to make sure that like I'm off the mic and coming to them after class, like, Hey, like I'm more than happy to call you by your full name. So I think as long as we continue to ask questions, make sure that people feel comfortable, make sure that people feel seen. We do that with music. We do that with the environment that we set. We do that with the members that come into the space. I think that sense of curiosity from all of us and that willingness to make changes, even though things have felt the same for a long time, I think that's just going to help continue to make this industry more inclusive. Um, But there are so many other things that we can be doing that are going to be, I think, little bricks that we can add to make it better. I agree. And I always say that it's just continuing to learn. You know, if like you said, it it's really comes down to like line of questioning maybe when it came to your name and we are all very unique and your name, I've never heard Magdalia before. That's such a beautiful, unique <laughs> name. And so it's like, it's actually a really great thing in the fitness space because no offense to anybody named Jen, but like how many trainers are named Jen out there, you know? And so it know, really differentiates you. And I think for me as a coach, it's really important to make sure that I'm saying people's names correctly. And if any other coaches are listening, and I'll admit I've been guilty of this and coming out of like, now I'm more educated in the space when you don't know somebody's name and you you ask them like, oh, can I call you something else? That's not really fair. Um, that's not mm-hmm. your place as a coach to do that. And so I think it really is important to, again, make your members feel really included because they are there for a group class and they want to be part of that group and everybody mm-hmm. should feel welcome. 
doesn't matter gender, race, age, everybody should feel like they can be in that class. And it opens up a really like great opportunity for you to have a relationship with your members and with your, um, with your clients. Because like recently um, I had one of my members come up to me and, you know, I love calling out names during class as we all do. And she came up to me, she was like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that like, my name is actually this. And, And I was like, just had been calling her by the wrong name the whole time. And I was like, had no idea. But the more that they see that we do that and that we create that space, the more that members feel more comfortable talking to us about it. And they don't feel like it's like super taboo or embarrassed. And so like that also just opens doors for that open communication and that curiosity. And so, yeah, the, I think the more and more that we allow for that, the better, the better the line of communication about anything will be. I love that. Yeah, that's great. I think that's great. And staying on this like inclusivity topics, I think this one's really important. I personally find, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this, that fitness classes are not particularly inclusive for men. And this is something that I've kind of seen over the years. Now, granted, I will say some of the more corporate studios that I've been a part of have been a little bit more inclusive towards men based on their style. But I find that classes that I currently teach are like boot camps, for example, are really targeted to women. And again, it's something I'm really guilty of. I put lots of like female empowerment songs in my classes because I do have, I'm going to say like I have 95% women. I maybe have one or two men in a class every once a month. So I Mm -hmm. have a lot of women in my classes, but how do you think that us as instructors or gyms can make group classes a little bit more inclusive for all genders? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's interesting. I think as as far as like group fitness classes, I think we do see a lot more women come in. Um, and you know, one of the one of the great things I'll say that we do at the gym that I'm at now is that we do create a space where it feels very open for everybody. Um, we do mostly have women come in, um, but we focus on really our conversations and the way we speak to the room. It's about strength um, versus, you know, like being thin or being cute, or we try to really be, um, you know, share music that is like all kinds of music, you know, multi, multi-genre. It's all kinds of heavy beats or fun beats and things like that. And so I think like we can do that with our music. I think we can do that with the way we create our programming, um, making sure that we're, you know, at first, for instance, like a boot camp class or a strength class, that we are focusing on strength as the main component um, and talking about heavy weights and how they make you stronger. And so I think, you know, sometimes we get like really, um, I think the words that we use a lot in fitness need to change too. Cause if I know I've taken classes, I'm sure you have too, where it's like getting thin for summer or like getting your, your, you know, your swimsuit body ready. And it's like, I think if we can focus more on wellness and strength, mental health, things like that, I think the, the way that the class comes off will feel more inclusive because if you are talking about just like weight loss or not getting too bulky, like of course, somebody who's focused on strength, men, women, regardless of what you consider or what you, um, what you gender yourself as, it, 
they're not going to want to be in that class if they're only focused, if we're only focusing on one type of training. And so I think it's really the way we program, the way we use our words. And yeah, music, you should, we, you know, I think you remember from when we first, like when we first started teaching together, it was like, let's diversify our music. Let's make sure we have all kinds of genres. Let's make sure that we focus on heavy beats if it's a heavier class or something that's moodier. And so I think it's, you know, those are some, those are, I think the three main components. Um, But yeah, that's, uh, I definitely hear you on that. And I think more, especially now in the new year, we see a lot more men come into the studio. They're trying out new things with like their friends or their partners. And so I've actually seen a lot more uh, men in class. It makes me feel like a, gives me a good challenge too. Cause I'm like, okay, I have to like, make sure that I'm training. I'm, you know, we usually have 60 people in a class. So it's like, let me make sure that I'm getting to these people and these people and these people. And everyone feels like they're getting a good, strong, balanced class. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that. And I'm a little bit more limited in, in my ability to teach. Mm-hmm. We have like limited resources in terms of what our equipment is, but it is really fun, like you said, to almost like hone in on some specific people when it comes to strength classes, because if it is a guy who comes in and he's never been to my classes called Lift. He's thinking that we're going to be lifting really heavy weights and really our heaviest weight option is 30 pounds. And so educating them, okay, you can still have a great strength-based workout with this 30-pound weight. Let me just give you some tweaks and tools to make this a really Mm -hmm. progressive workout for you. And I promise you, every guy that comes to class always leaves feeling way stronger and like it totally kicked their booty. Always, always. It's like any any guy that I know who's taken a bar class or even women who mostly do strength training taking a bar class. They're just like, what is this? And I'm like, yeah, it's just different. And I think, you know, if we can, if we can teach, if we, we have to just use our words better, I think, and like how we want people to train and like what the benefits are of different things. And then I think different people, regardless of their background and training, they'll be like, hmm, interesting. I want to try that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this leads us into the next conversation of like what it really means to mature in our fitness. Now, that's obviously kind of a vague term, but I would love for you to like share what that means to you and maybe I'll share what that means to me after uh, if you if you want to kind of give it a go. Yeah, I mean, I so I mean, I started teaching fitness classes when I lived in Chicago. And so that was like my first time kind of teaching and teaching to people. But before that, I think my journey in fitness started when I was like just out of college. Um, I was like, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult now. I need to start eating right. And I need to start moving my body. I started working at a gym as kind of a salesperson selling memberships. And so I had access to a gym and I was just like, dude, I would just be on the elliptical for, you know, an hour. And then I would like lift a couple of dumbbells and then I would, you know, call that my workout and then I would party all week. And so I just like, there was no balance because there was no education for me on like what was the difference between consumption of food and the type of food that I was eating and then what Mm. I was doing to create kind of balance in my life for a healthy lifestyle. So a couple of years of that, you know, for me, it was all about like being skinny and like looking thin and, you know, fitting in with like this like beauty standard that was already set for me, um, which was super hard. Again, like I think about culturally, you know, my family, like we eat rice and beans and pork and it was like essentially 
literally every magazine was like, don't eat any of that. And so it was almost like a disconnect from my own culture because I started eating like salads every day and like protein bars. And it was just like a really weird time. When I moved to Chicago and I started teaching, I think it almost made it worse because I thought now as a fitness professional, I have to look a certain way. I have to be thin. I have to have muscles. I have to have light hair because I'm in an industry where I don't see a lot of Latinas. So now I have to look like everybody else. And so I was going through a whole lot of like butterfly effect, changing, morphing. Um, When I finally moved to Austin, I was, I think I was 30, probably had just turned 30. And really in a space of like, I I needed to figure out what I needed to do. What, what where was I going to teach? It was a new market, new people. I was working full time in advertising, and I knew I just wanted to find one little space that I can just teach and like find my people. Um, and I I moved to Austin, and Austin obviously I think especially when we when I first moved here in 2015, still hadn't had that many people come through, so it wasn't a, as diverse that I as a city as I'd lived in versus like a Chicago or Philadelphia. And I was just like, man, I definitely need to stay blonde here, and I definitely need to like be super fit. And I was working at a reformer studio, so I had like all these like ideas um, of what I needed to look like and sound like. And I think I I went to talk to some friends who. Uh, again, I'm from, I'm from or I'm, I'm not again, I haven't mentioned it, but I'm from Philadelphia. And some of my friends are just like, you just need to like be who you are, like play the music that you love, like do find your community by being who you are to make those connections. So when I came here, I started playing more rap music, more reggaeton, more like Latin music. I started trying to be a little bit more of like who I thought I was. And um, I got a lot of pushback on music and edited music or the kind of like things that I was, you know, talking about. But I still found that a lot of people were like, I like that. I like I like that you talked about that. Or I love that you're like making us like try new things. Um, And then when I finally got to the studio that we both met at. I mean, the main thing about that studio was all about inclusivity. You, anybody could work out. Anybody could be sexy. Anybody can just show up as they are and have a good time and then also feel really good in this uh, fitness space. And there was a first time in fitness that I was like, I like took off my shirt and worked out in a sports bra that I was like starting to just feel proud of my body the way it looked. I 30 some years old and I had never done that before, you know, and, and, you know, I was preaching this thing to people like you have to look, you, you have to feel proud of yourself wherever you are, love your body, do this, do that. And then I would go home and like not do the same thing for myself. And it just became this shift. I think it just happened really organically with where I was teaching and the people I was surrounded with, where I was like, you know, I, you know, and think we say this all the time now, like you have to love yourself first before you can like truly like tell anybody or with any kind of like direction or truthfulness, tell people how to feel about themselves. And I think where I am now, I just turned 36 in August. And I feel like this past year was the first, this past year is the first time where I was like, I really do like love what my body is capable of. I love where I am right now physically because of how healthy I am. And also like where I am teaching and the people who come up to me, like 
I've never felt better in this like fitness space. And I'm so happy to be able to like talk to people about it, especially like new trainers who are coming into the space, you know, early twenties where they probably feel the same way. Like the more and more comfortable that you feel in your skin, the more and more you're going to find success in this industry because people are going to find you so real and authentic and they're going to want to work with you because they feel that from you. Um, And that's, you know, that's kind of where it started. Like that's kind of the evolution of it. Um, We can definitely probably talk about it for for hours and hours. But like for me personally, that's kind of, it was definitely a spiral, but I've I feel like I'm in a, a solid place and only only hope to continue to evolve and adapt as I continue to grow in it. I love that. I really feel a couple of those sentiments you said in there, especially in regards to wanting to fit in or wanting to get thin. I think that, you know, the more I do these podcast episodes and talk to other people in the fitness space, I realize that there's this really strange gap between like, post-college and trying to figure out where you belong in fitness and what fitness really means to you. Because whether people were college athletes or whether people were just, again, becoming an adult, everybody assumes that they're supposed to fall into this fitness routine, this fitness regimen. And that's a a great thing. But I think there is this lack of education surrounding it. Because when I really got into fitness – same as you, it was right after college. I moved to LA. I was working in fashion. I had like nothing else to do. And while I did teach myself how to program bodybuilding workouts in that time, which is great, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing it because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be thin. At that time, I had moved to Beverly Hills. I was working in fashion. I became a vegan because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. I thought that's what being healthy was. Yet I was eating vegan. And then I was like going out and drinking to an excess. And so it's like, there was like no balance there. And I think it really took me like, honestly, up until probably last year to finally feel comfortable with where my body was in each season. And I think people oftentimes Mm -hmm. misunderstand this comfort as just like, you're going to be like, 1000% happy all the time. And I mean, maybe it is like that for some people, but I also think that it's okay to feel really good and really confident in your body, but to have days where you're feeling a little bloated or a little bit uncomfortable and you're like, oh, what's going on today? You know, so I don't think it's going to be perfect all of the time. But I do think that in general, like I said, this past year for me, I've realized that I can gain a little bit of weight. I can lose a little bit of weight. I can gain muscle. I can lose muscle. I can be lean or I can be a little bit on my my quote unquote heavier side, but not put myself worth into how I look and remind myself that who I am as a person is not defined by how I look as a person. Yeah. And I think like the self-worth and attaching that to like a scale, I think that's like the hardest part. Um, And yeah, I think that obviously everybody has their days. I just think that more and more now we're, we're, we're trying to just destigmatize 
um, physicality from a feeling, right? So if I'm feeling negative about my body, why is that? You know, is it because of years and years and years of the you know world telling me that I'm not good enough, or is it because I'm overweight, or you know whatever that means to me? Um, is it because I didn't eat, um, or like I've been haven't been keeping a diet that I you know thought was a good diet for me, or is it because somebody told me that that was the best thing to do, and then I'm you know holding myself to this like crazy standard you know it's like thinking about like the background of it rather than like just what it is and I think more and more we've been doing that as a society and I see it a lot more just like especially with Gen Z you know they're just like I feel like they're just calling everybody out on everything and I think that like that's just such a necessary thing for like maybe like our generation where we've just been like kind of been told what to do. And we're like, okay, well, that's right. And so I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do the, the hardest, the best I can at it. And so, you know, I think while we have like, we have those days where we feel good or we don't feel good, it's like always taking a step back and going, okay, why don't I feel good about how I feel today? You know, it's not just like this physical appearance. It's like so many other like deeply rooted things that we need to kind of peel back first before we can really find the true problem or the true issue around it. Um, but yeah, I totally like, I hear you on all of those, those things. And that journey is like, you know, it, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that journey of like leaving, let's say post high school, post college, and just being like, Oh my God, like, what should I look like? Or what am I going to do? That's like, that's with everything. That's like your career. Like everyone gets out of college and goes, what now? You know? Um, and so it's with everything. And that kind of exploration is a really beautiful part of our lives. It's nice to be able to, I think for me personally, it's nice for me to look back and go, wow, I've grown so much, you know, like I've, I've been able to learn so much about myself um, what I need, um, and, and, and really celebrate where that is now. Um, obviously I would love to like shake like the 20, 20 year old version of me and be like, Oh my God, just eat the thing. It's going to be so good. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And I'm happy that I get to like experience life now with the way I feel about it now. I love that. And I think another big part about maturing and fitness is also, figuring out what movement works best for you. Um, I know yeah. you have vastly different training styles. You know, you definitely are more into the Pilates. You do a lot of kettlebell work. And I do definitely more of just pure weightlifting and don't take as many classes. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting to see. And again, neither way is good nor bad. No, no movement yeah. at all is good nor bad. I think that we've kind of gotten into this weird place where women are – told like lifting is good for them, which lifting is great for you. But at the end of the day, if you are miserable when you walk into a gym and lift weights, then like that might not be for you. And people <laughs> might disagree with me on that, but I, it's true. Movement is movement. And so I, I think it's really important. And so like one of the questions that had come in, like, do you personally consider walking a, a type of exercise? And if so, like, how how should people be walking? Like, how would you instruct them to use that as movement in their everyday life? Oh my gosh. I mean, I remember like the heart of the pandemic, just like walking 
aimlessly <laughs> for miles um, because, you know, it was like we needed to do something and we couldn't do something in the way that we were always doing. And so I definitely consider that um, a, a form of working out. It's movement. Again, to, like to your point, like movement is good for our bodies. We're not meant to be sitting in a chair all day long or standing all day long or doing one thing repetitively all day long. Um, so definitely uh, if, if walking is your jam, then walk. Um, obviously there's different, like, I, I remember I, I told someone, you should go, go take a walk. And they're like, it's freezing outside. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Different climates. Like not everyone lives in Austin. Um, so obviously there's like, you can either take that to a gym space. You can take that to like, you can go walk around in your neighborhood. Um, I recently saw, um, on, uh, friends like TikTok that, they have like one of those like um, like mini treadmills that they put underneath their desk. Oh, yeah, and so like during paths. meetings, yeah. So during meetings when they don't have like a lot of things to do, they just have to like really listen in. They like turn it on and like throw in a couple of like steps there. I'm like, that's really, really smart. I mean, I wouldn't, I would trip and fall, but uh, I think that's like a really like smart way to get that in as well. Um, but, but there's so many, like, there's so many things that you can do. You can jump on a bike, you can like, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be like super high impact, but there's walking as a workout. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. I think that, like I said, any movement is good movement. And I think that's important to remember that sometimes your body does need a break. Sometimes it does need that week off or a couple of weeks off. Sometimes it just needs some like yoga. And people always ask me, am I going to lose my progress if I take some yoga classes? No. Have you ever taken a yoga class? They are so hard. (laughs) Yeah. If anything, it'll improve. It's going to improve your mobility. It's going to improve your brain space. You know, it's going to help to really add it on. And so I've always, I've always been somebody who's liked to do a bunch of different types of workouts. And I also change that often. Like I, I, you know, have my cycling phases and I have my strength phases and I have my bar and bar only phases. And, um, I think that it's nice because it's nice to feel that you're capable of doing things that are different. Um, but also they really do complement other workouts really well. And I think that it, I think we need to kind of remember that like the variety of it is really, really beneficial. Um, And it's good just for your brain too. just like try different things. And like, it's like learning a language, right. Or learning really anything new. It just challenges new parts of your, your brain that kind of haven't been working a lot. So it's the same thing with fitness. I highly recommend that people always try things that they haven't tried before um, because it's just a, a good exercise for your mind and your body. I agree. I think it's great to incorporate things in here and there. Now, obviously, it's going to kind of depend on like if you're working with a coach or whatever. And if Mm -hmm. you're really high stressed and you just want to do cardio, like maybe that isn't the best option for you. But in general, still doing cardio, doing like cycling is a great way to improve your endurance. And guess what? When you go to do that endurance, that's going to improve your strength training or I like having clients, uh, depending on how long they're working with me, I had a client work with me for, she's been with me for over a year now, and we did an entire three months of just kettlebell work. And she's like, these are the hardest three months of workouts we have done because it was mobility work. It was 
stuff that she hadn't done. It was strength training in a different way. We were doing windmill, mm -hmm. we were doing kettlebell presses. And she's like, this is just so different. And again, it's challenging your mind. Um, just like I said, moving in different ways, Pilates, mat Pilates, reformer Pilates, like it's getting muscles that you aren't working when you are yeah. lifting. And so I think it is great to diversify. And maybe that's for me personally, that's like trying something every week or Different. every other week, depending on what my schedule allows, but just having that, or even like a dance class, like how fun. Oh my gosh. Fun for maybe everybody, but me, because I always look so crazy in those classes. But I mean, yeah, I think that's like a, it's also like a really good reminder. I think even for us in fitness, um, I used to tell this uh, to my team all the time when I was managing in fitness, Go and take a class that you've never taken before. Go into a fitness space that you've never put yourself in before because that sense of vulnerability and that sense of like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm going to be so sore or I don't know about this. Um, that translates so well as a leader in the fitness space because when someone new comes into class, you're not going to be like, oh, like, you know, new people again. Like, I've got to re explain this all. You're going to remember how it feels like to be a brand new person in the space and like not knowing where to set your equipment down or where the equipment is or how much weight you should get. Or really, it just helps remind you of of being a student and how it feels like to be a student. And I really think that like, we should all get more in the habit of taking things that like put us in a space of discomfort and vulnerability, because it just reminds us, especially in the new year, like it just reminds us how so many people are feeling when they walk into a brand new space where they don't know anybody, don't know what to expect. It just makes us better. It just makes us better trainers and, and coaches for, for the people. I love that. What is something you want to try this year that you have not tried before in fitness? I mean, you just said it, dance classes. Um, I I love the energy of a dance class. It brings me to life. But I like to watch, like, I just like watching people like through the door. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at everybody just getting after it looking so sexy everything is so fun like just letting loose and i don't mind like going into a room and doing that it's just that like the level of coordination that i have when an instructor says like move your feet this way like my brain's like go the exact opposite way and so for me it's just like i have to get used to kind of looking goofy and looking you know not looking like i'm on my shit because when i'm teaching or when i'm taking classes like i'm all about form i'm all about looking a certain way um not for like the aesthetics of it but because like i want to get the proper form i want everything to like be really strong and so where a dance class comes in it just totally throws that all in the trash for me and i just really feel like i have to let loose and relax and uh so it is actually one of my like goals this year is to take more dance classes um i have taken exactly uh one and <laughs> I need to add that a little bit more into my my playbook of things to do but you know it's all about having fun so I I'm excited to try them for sure <laughs> I love that I have two that I'd really like to try I want to take a CrossFit class just because I don't know I I'm not a competitive I feel person. like you would love a cup yeah, you would love You know, it. that's so funny as everyone always is like, you would love CrossFit and I'm like really terrified of it. It's like the one workout that scares me so bad. No. Um, and I would love to do like some sort of martial arts. 
I don't know. I just want to like, I don't know what kind. I'm like, I keep seeing like there's a ton of like Krav Maga in Austin. I didn't know it was like such a hub. I don't know if I exactly Mm -hmm. know what Krav Maga is. Um, So that would be even more exciting. Um, But I don't know, like some type of martial arts because I feel like it's so different. And while it's a physical challenge, I think it's also like such a mental challenge for a lot of the reasons you even said about dance, like feeling uncomfortable, like making noises or like wearing Mm -hmm. an outfit that it feels silly to you because you're not used to doing something like that. It's so Mm -hmm. out of your comfort zone that I'm just like, okay, I think it would be so fun to do something like that. And if I could just like kick a wood plank, I would be so happy. I think you are going to thrive in that environment. And I can't wait to hear the update on your martial arts class. It's going to be great. And CrossFit, like you would love, like the community in the CrossFit, like in the CrossFit spaces, you know, usually I'm speaking generally because of my own experience has always been really great and pleasant and fun, um, challenging. Um, so I think you'll definitely love that. And I've also never done martial arts before. I mean, the closest I've ever gotten to like hitting anything is boxing uh, and same thing. Coordination is a big deal and I teach boxing. So, um, I think that it's, uh, always a fun time, but I can't wait. You're going to love, it. I think you're gonna love both of them. I know. I feel like it's just sort of meant to happen because I am personal training out of a gym <laughs> up by me. And there was actually a martial arts studio in the gym that I work out of. They like have a space separately. And I'm like, is this, is this a sign that it's like yes. my future? So we, we shall see uh, what happens in 2023. I'm so me. excited. <laughs> um, okay. So Magdalia, I want to kind of transition from our fitness chat to a little bit about your transition from working full-time in the fitness space into a corporate world. And the reason I think this conversation is important is really for two things. One, I think it stems back to mental health and being in a space that we want to be in. But I also would love to hear some of your thoughts in regards to being busy, having a full-time job, and still being able to make your health and wellness a higher priority. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so previous, previously before I even, you know, was managing full-time in fitness, I had always worked a full-time job. Um, and my full-time job isn't, I, I work in an agency. So a digital agency where, you know, some people might say it's a corporate world, Corporate to me always feels, feels sounds like a nine to five, um, and my my job had never been a nine to five. I'd always been working more hours than that, very busy um, or very not busy. It just kind of depended on like your clients and what they asked of you. Um, and I had you know been in many levels of that job before I moved into fitness full time, but I had always taught classes before or after my job, and it was very much so like go, 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 busy, 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 get your money. I was like saving for things. I was, you know, getting married. So I just needed to like make as much money as I possibly could as like what my brain was at. And I didn't, it didn't really ever come across to me that I was like doing too much or 
that I was too stressed out or I, I just thought this is the this was the way that I needed to be because everyone around me was always busy and making money and trying to make the, a name for themselves and so for me it always felt normal um and again this all stems from like the way I was raised like my father is an immigrant my family here is just like you have to work hard for the things you want and when I, they said work hard it was like double the word work hard so I was like okay this is normal that I'm doing fine 90 hours a week and no sleep and great perfect so moving into fitness full-time, like fitness, I mean, fitness was like always a dream, right? I think it's a lot of our dreams is to be able to do this thing, um, making people feel good about themselves, take care of themselves, health, wellness, like be, to be able to do that all the time. I think that's like everyone's dream when it comes to like the fitness and wellness realm. So I finally did it. And um, it was the only thing I was, um, you know, focused on. and. It was beautiful. I loved it. I loved being able to bring new people on, train them. I loved seeing members. I loved making them feel welcome, making them feel happy. The space that we were in was really unlike anything that Austin had seen yet. And so it just felt like very new and exciting. Um, with that, you know, came, you know, I think I was managing at a time 25 to 32 different personalities um, while also teaching maybe 15 max classes a week while also being a part of a leadership team that was trying to figure out how to grow in a new space. Um, and so I was working a whole lot, not only mentally, but physically. I wasn't prioritizing my own health. So I wasn't, wasn't eating good. I was probably drinking more than I should ever. Um, and I was very, very stressed out because I think everybody else's stress, although my own team was, my own team was doing really great. Um, everybody else's stress was also put on me. And so, and on each other, we were doing it to each other. And so it was a really challenging time because I didn't know, I didn't know like how all of my efforts were going to turn out. Um, and then we had the pandemic and I think fitness kind of, we spiraled, you know, we didn't know what to do. Um, the, this, I think it was like the second or third day that we had closed the studio after all studios had closed. I had gone to the studio and we had ordered a bunch of filming and video and like, how do we film classes online? Um, and I was right back to work and I was at the studio all day long with instructors coming in, in a very safe space to film a class so that we could do an Instagram live or post on YouTube or post on our corporate channels video. And, you know, that was a lot because on top of being uh, trying the the fear of the pandemic, I was just going to the studio every day without the worry of, you know, like we weren't wearing masks yet. It wasn't like a thing that people were talking about yet. It was just so unknown. And so there was a huge stress around that. And, um, you know, we can talk about, we can talk about money in the fitness uh, industry. I'm sure here as well. Um, we get asked to do the most and we probably don't get paid anywhere near that. Um, and so you're asking fitness instructors who aren't getting paid a lot, who aren't getting paid at the time to come and do things. So that was a really challenging time. Uh, there was a lot on my plate. Um, when we finally opened our doors again, there was an opportunity to go back to the space that I was in before for digital um, and, and advertising. And I was, I was just so nervous about it because I loved what I was doing, but I was so stressed out. 
I, you know, was having a hard time taking care of my own financial situation. And so I had to really kind of make a hard decision to go back into a space that I did love. I'm, I, I was, I always had a, a great time working in digital um, to leave a space though, that I was very passionate about. Um, it thankfully worked out for me that I was able to leave, um, but still teach, which was such a blessing because I got to still do the thing that I love to do with the people I love to do it with. Um, but go into a job where I felt a little bit more supported Um that also had changed a lot in the pandemic. They were communicating a lot more. They were prioritizing mental health within their own um, within their own teams, which I'd never seen before. Um, and so it felt like a really, it felt like a, it was a very nerve wracking at the time because I was nervous about you, you. You get nervous about so many things, you know, relationships. Um, how do you prioritize? Now I'm shifting into a whole new line of work. Like, am I even still good at this other job? You know, and so it was just mm-hmm. like a lot of self doubt, a lot of spiraling. A lot of um, inside, you know, conversations with myself. And, you know, this time around, I had a lot more support. You know, I had the support of my husband telling me, you know, to, you know that I should do the thing that would make me happy. I had the support of, like, all these new friends that I had made at the studio that had seen me kind of manage and seen where I was at that time. So when I thought it was not a good decision, I, I still made it. And it ended up being a, one of the best decisions I've ever made. I've never been happier, I think, with the space that I'm in right now. Um, I'm, I'm teaching, you know, I teach during the weekends. I have a very light fitness schedule, um, you know, three to five classes a week. And then I teach and then I work full time. Um, and my job can be very demanding. And other times it can be just a regular, a regular job. And so it's really nice to be able to have that balance um, and I always tell people like, you have to do the thing that's right for you. It, sometimes it's really hard because you want to do the thing that's right for other people. And you want to do the thing that's going to be the least, that creates the less, the least amount of friction. Um, but sometimes creating the least amount of friction is just turmoil for yourself. Um, and so I did the thing that was right for me and it ended up being fine. Like everything is totally fine now. The world did not end. Everything was okay. And I mean, I am in a really like healthy space right now for sure. Good. That's awesome. And I totally agree with that, that at the end of the day, we have to do what's right for us. And I talked about this on a different episode that, there's a difference between being. <laughs> There's a lot of times chaos in this household. I love it. <laughs> I forgot to, to close the uh, blinds for the dog. Come here, baby. Good girl. Uh, so there's really the, a difference of being selfish for you and selfish for the benefit of everybody else. And what I mean by that is making a choice that is right for you might seem selfish, especially if you're a people pleaser, but sometimes to make the right decision for yourself and the people around you, your husband, your partnership, your family, that selfishness has to happen. And it actually is coming from a selfless place. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's oftentimes like very misunderstood by people. 
Yeah. I mean, I think we do that. It doesn't matter what, what industry or what, what, what your life is like. I think everybody will go through that at one point in their life where they have to make a decision and they're worried about what other people will think about it. And I think, you know, to a point that makes us obviously human, like we care about other people and we care about people, you know, how people feel about us. And I think that, you know, you, you can, do your pros and cons list and you can do all the things that, you know, people tell you to do. But at the end of the day, you really do have to take care of, you have to take care of yourself um, because then you're not going to thrive in anything. If I would have stayed in the same path that I was in, I would have not been a good leader. I would not have been a good manager. I would not have been a good fitness instructor because I wasn't taking care of myself um, in so many levels. Like mentally, I wasn't taking care of myself. Physically, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was stressed out. I wasn't doing any of the right things on top of like life, like a global pandemic, you know, happening where people around you are sad or losing their jobs or, you know, losing people in their families, like trying to like keep your whole life together while the world is falling apart is very, very challenging when you're not in the path that serves you. So I think that, you know, you really do have to do a gut check sometimes and, and, and go what's going to make me happy and what's going to make me be a better person person. And I think that um, we all face that question in our lives and regardless of the scenario. Um, and it's going to be hard no matter what. You know, I think that if I had to redo it again, um, it would still be really, really challenging to to make. But um, at the end of the day, you, you, you look back on it. And I think a lot of people can say that, like that I look back on that and I don't regret the decision that I made and I'm happy that I did it. You know, it was like the best, I'll say it, I'll say it forever. It was the best journey of my life. And I wish that there's an opportunity later on in my life that can um, occur where it can be my full-time, you know, path um, again, because it was so, it was just absolutely the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. Um, And also we got to pay our bills and (laughs) we got to, we got to be realistic about, you know, uh, about, about life and, and the world that we're in. So finding balance, I think is the the key um, component there. I used to tell um, my friend that we try to find 100% in everything that we do and we Mm -hmm. can't, we try to find 100% joy in our friendships and 100%, you know, joy and bliss in our, you know, relationships with our significant others and our jobs. And, you know, it can't always be a hundred percent happiness and joy and everything, with everything we do. And I think that's why we kind of lean into like hobbies and different things because maybe, you know, 20% of the time of my job, I'm just kind of like, Oh, I wish I could do this. Or I wish I could do that. But I could find that in, um, in fitness. And so then I have this like joy in my career and my hobbies. Um, and maybe my, my, my one group of friends only likes to go out to dinners and I don't have friends that I can go out dancing with, but I'll go find friends that I can go out dancing with here. It's like kind of creating these like balances in our lives where we don't look for 100% of joy in one person or one thing. And I think like when people can figure though their like percentage magic out, that they'll just like feel a lot more better in life in general. I love that. I, I love that. So I have one question that came through on Instagram that I'd love to close us out with because I think this is a great question. How has your life changed most significantly since becoming an instructor? 
Oh my gosh. I mean, when I first started teaching, I solely started teaching to be up on a stage and play music that I loved. Like I remember I would take classes and like, I can't wait to one day just like do this thing. And I started teaching just so selfishly. It was all about what I wanted. Um, And I had so much fun. I would like get up there, I would teach my cycle classes, I would teach my, you know, circuit classes, my bar classes, like have my music, people would have a good time. Um, And then one day, I think it was right before I left Chicago and I was moving to Austin. So a couple years in, um, somebody came up to me and they were like, I just want to let you know, I really appreciate everything that you do. You got me through my divorce. And I was just like, what? (laughs) I got you through what? She was like, yeah, I've been going through a really bad divorce and custody and things like that with my, my, with my, my children and my ex-husband and everything that you do and like your lightness and your energy and the music that you play, just like you, like you've changed the way I experience my weeks. And I was like slammed into a ton of bricks because I was just like popping into class and leaving and living my life. And I did not think that I was affecting anybody. I didn't think that I was making anyone feel anything. I just thought they were making, if anything, it was just for fun. The way that we have the ability to make people feel seen, happy, let them cry, like let them feel their feels, like the way that we have that opportunity, like I never knew that until that one person came up to me. And now so many people tell me that you're getting me through X, Y, Z. You got me through a hard year. You got me through a hard weekend. You play Spanish music in class. You taught a class in Spanish. As a Latina in Austin, I had never seen that before. I've like my members and the people who teach and the people who come into the classes that I teach have changed my perspective on leading classes so much because now it's like, I'm not just doing this for fun for myself. Like I'm doing this because I genuinely have an opportunity to make people feel good and make people not only feel good, but also see different perspectives, understand different perspectives, have a little bit more empathy. Um, Just be kinder humans, I think is like a thing that we just like all need a little bit more of. Um, Be more open, Um, hear different stories. Uh, I think that that has changed me so significantly. Um, and I, I, I only wish that everybody who is in fitness now, whether they're doing coaching or leading classes, however they're involved, can experience that kind of feedback from a member or from a client because it hits you and it makes you feel like it makes you feel very responsible um and 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 like everybody that you see is very precious and i think that's how we need to treat every single human that comes into class it's very very um it's a very precious and amazing feeling um that we should all respect we hold a lot of power at the front of the room so it's changed me greatly i absolutely love that and magdalia i've just really loved this conversation with you i think it is just so lovely to chat with you i think you have such a fresh perspective 
And you've definitely reminded me that I need to get a little bit more uncomfortable in my routine and try some new things out, including probably getting into some more yoga and hopefully into one of your very packed classes. So if people are listening and they are in the Austin area, where and when are they able to find you in person? Yeah, um, I teach at True Fusion South Austin, and they can find me there on the weekends. I teach cycle, I teach bar, I teach boot camp classes, and then I sub a lot of other classes. So um, they can check me out there. They can find me on Instagram at Oh My Dahlia, and then they'll see all the schedule updates there. And I'd love to see everybody. Amazing. And again, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing all of your wisdom with us and talking about (laughs) some really challenging topics. I truly appreciate you. And to everybody listening, this is just your reminder to be bold, to be confident, and to be you. Oh, 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 oh,